It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Brandon. Yeah. We have officially reached our one-year anniversary of the Tracking the Storm podcast. That's right. Woo, woo. Oh, yeah. And it also means it's the one year anniversary of my intros, which I think is more important. Oh, my God. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to our very special one year anniversary episode of the Tracking the Storm podcast. My name is Brandon. That is Matthew. Matt, as you know him. Neither <laughs> one. Fuck, I called you Matt. Matthew all of a sudden. But anyway, um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for uh, coming by to hang out with us again tonight. And, you know, it goes without saying, we've said it many times, but we're going to say it again. Thank you guys so much for being there, supporting us, um, and all the awesome feedback we've received over this last year. Uh, we wouldn't be here without you guys. Uh listening and interacting with us and we enjoy the hell out of it and we just really appreciate that you guys enable us to do something we really enjoy doing so for tonight's episode um it's not going to be too much different than a normal episode we do have a couple things that we want to talk about uh just going back over the last year um but we're not going to be too specific because we actually have a special episode and I, I don't know exactly when it's going to be out because i haven't actually started on it yet and it's probably going to be a good deal of editing work but we do have a special episode coming out for you guys at some point over the next few days, maybe week, who knows exactly. But it's just going to be going back through some of the highlights, if you will, of the first year of the Track in the Storm podcast. Uh, we're going to, you know, piece those together, or I, I should say, you know, we, but I am going to piece those together into a fun little bonus episode for you guys. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. It's probably going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> Matt's cracking up at me. I'm just here for a good time. <laughs> oh, are we all, baby? Are we all? But we do have some hockey to talk about. The Hurricanes are now officially on their all-star break. Uh, isn't there a game tonight? Or a couple games tonight? Or is it? Is I, uh, I think there is a couple games tonight, but I don't know. I, I think there's a few games, but I honestly do not care. Because yeah, I know. other teams don't matter, and neither does the all-star game. There, I Right, and the, and the only reason I even said that was because, like, I, I posted an article today and it literally said the all-star break is here. And then one of my other, you know, uh, colleagues at the hockey writers quote tweeted him and was like, it's not quite the all-star break. And I was like, Oh, well, that doesn't mean anything to me. To me, it is. I don't care about your team. So that's the only reason that kind of popped in my head right then. Um, All these small yeah. market teams trying to clamor for attention. Meanwhile, us <laughs> in the center of the hockey universe, Raleigh, North Carolina, we don't give a shit. Exactly. Yeah, man, I'm just burnt out right now, so I don't pay any attention if I don't have to, you know, for the content purposes. <laughs> but uh, I guess we'll obviously start on the hockey side like we normally do. Um, we got a few games to talk about, uh, and actually it was a very, very condensed schedule. Uh, I think we talked about Vegas. Yeah, we definitely talked about Vegas uh, last week because it was on Tuesday night. Um, but then we got to see the Hurricanes play a very busy extended weekend with three games in four days all against non-playoff teams in the San Jose Sharks, New Jersey Devils, and Ottawa Senators. The New Jersey Devils game being the throwback Whalers night, which those jerseys are always an absolute treat to watch. Um, And then won all three. You know, you you can't really talk about this without mentioning that. But I would say pretty unimpressive fashion were those wins. Um, Arguably, the Hurricanes were probably the second-best team on the ice in all three games. But – we talked about this many times and, you know, Andrew Snickers said this to me on uh, Twitter as well. It's something I've talked at length with him about 
the Hurricanes are in a place now where they have the talent, they have the goaltending, they have the special teams where they win a lot of games they probably don't necessarily deserve to. And I think the goalies in particular are really what carried them to all three of those game, uh, wins. Um, and at the end of the day, they're going in the all-star break on a four-game win streak. They won four tightly contested one-goal hockey games that are probably draining a lot out of you in a very short period of time. So I think that says a lot. Um, so take it where you want to go, Matt. I've been talking long enough. What are your thoughts on the week that was in Hurricanes hockey? I mean, it's a good it's a good thing that we're we're on a break here because I mean, you know, Tavo was obviously not healthy, and Pesci got banged up at the end of the San Jose game. Um, Brendan Moore made it sound like it wasn't that big of a deal, which is good. It's just you know we want to make sure that everything's okay, right? So this break couldn't be coming at a better time, and it's nice that we get a longer break um, before we start heading into just. I mean, it's it's not. I think any busier than it really normally would be but it's a busier stretch than i think we're we've been used to this season um 16 games in march is a lot man that that is a lot yeah i mean you're averaging over a game every other day right (laughs) so you know it's it's gonna be a bit of a brutal schedule but let's be honest if you're not conditioned in March, you're not going to be conditioned for the playoffs. So I don't know. I'm not too worried about it. This team always seems to have a motor. And in all honesty, if this team can find ways to win, thanks to the goaltending when their team is going through a bit of a scoring slump, I mean, how, how nice of a change of pace is that? Right. Right. Like we didn't even really have that last year, you know, cause when Reimer was in net, it was usually, he was given up like three a game and with Ned, you know, you pretty much could count on him having a decent game, but you know, it's nice having two goalies that you can rely upon now. Yeah. And, you know, I kind of wanted to ask your opinion on this <laughs> and it's really hard to say where exactly this is born out of, but there's been a lot of discourse just on like Twitter and stuff just about, you know, the hurricanes quote unquote playing down to their competition. And this is something I wrote about today in that article I mentioned a minute ago. So, from your perspective, is it is that what it is? It's like you just don't get up the same way for a New Jersey or a San Jose than you would for a Boston or a New York Rangers or, you know, a great team. If you know you're going to have a battle, is it just harder to get up for those games? Or do you think, and this second, you know, hypothetical, or if, I guess that's the correct term, if this is what they're experiencing – which I think would be more concerning than just not being able to get up for those bad teams. Do you think they're just worn down? Because, and again, this is the point I made. That's more concerning to me because the schedule is about to kind of be like that. You know, you're going to get a lot of three and fours. You're going to get a lot of back-to-backs here coming up. And, you know, if they start to struggle and they're getting a little fatigued, especially with the tempo the Hurricanes play with, you know, they're supposed to be on the puck 110% at all times, skating their asses off for checking. Does that concern you at all? I think they still played their game. I just don't think they were getting many bounces. And like, honestly, I just mistakes, man. Like in like sloppy plays, and a lot of that can come from yeah. the fatigue. I, I I think part of it is just the fact the Canes were a little tired, and I mean, I think also part of the fact is you know the teams we were playing. New Jersey always kind of gives us a bit of a problem. Um, regardless of whether or not they're good or bad. And it's been like that for years. We don't match up well against San Jose because they just play a very different system. All the California teams play a very different system than what we're used to seeing. The Senators, I I think that was just a bad game. Both the games against the Sens this season have been bad, but I think it has, has more to do with like the matchups than anything else. I think, um, The Canes were still on their game. I mean, defensively, they were great. Uh, You know, they were moving the puck well in transition. It's just, you know, their passing has been off since the Vegas game. The past, like, three or four games, it's been off. And, I mean, I was at the New Jersey game, and the passing was atrocious in that game. I I think some of the mistakes are mental. Some of it's just pacing. 
So oh, you were at that game. I was at a concert, like blowing up your phone. I didn't realize you were yeah. actually at the game. <laughs> yeah, I was at the game. <laughs> it was boring. I'm not gonna lie. The New Jersey yeah. game sucked. <laughs> like, it was it was great in the first period because we scored twice, like two kind of crappy goals too. <laughs> like, right. The Martinook's goal was. It, I mean, it was a nice goal, but it was like nobody knew that he had scored at first. There was like a a, a tangible delay, like. I mean, we're on the opposite side of the building, but even then, like the other side of the building didn't really see what was happening until like, you know, half a second after the pucks, you know, been in the net and everybody's celebrating. And then Svetch's goal was kind of the same way too, where we were like, oh crap, did he score? But then we didn't. Yeah, it came out of the net really fast, it seemed like. It like hit like yeah. a corner, like right next to well, the post and bounced right out. So it almost didn't even look Martin like Martin just sat there, but it sat in a <laughs> spot that's hard to see. Right. So, I mean... The game itself, I mean, I, I have to shout out Vincent Trocek because in the last like three seconds of play, he had a huge block shot and the puck exited the zone, which cemented the victory. He's played a lot well, a lot better lately. Yeah. And I mean, the, you know, chances are Ronta was going to make that save because, I mean, he had been on his game all night and it was a yeah. shot from the point with little, little traffic and net. But you don't want to risk giving them another puck on net for them to maybe hit a rebound in or whatever, you know? So I, I get it on block. that. Funny things happen. So blocking exactly. the inverse. The uh, San Jose game was also pretty boring. Um, but I think the Canes were a little better. It's just, again, you're on a back-to-back. It was like another game and 22 hours after your other one. I mean, right. You're, Matt going to start on a back-to-back. Yeah. And third game in four days on top of that. And San Jose is a hell of a team to play on the back half of a back-to-back. Because, <laughs> I mean, well, they got they're, a lot of they're heavy physical, forwards. they're heavy, yeah. they'll wear you down, and their skill guys, Meyer and Hurdle, I think that's about it, are good <laughs> enough <Couture's> to okay. – <laughs> Oh, right, Couture. I, I always forget he's on their team. But, yeah, those three guys, I mean, they can burn you. It's, yeah. Everybody else on the team's kind of eh right now, though. Yeah. I did kind of find it funny, though, like – the Hurricanes lost to all three of those teams in their other meeting this year. They won't, the, that was the second meeting for all those. None of them are in the division, so they're not seeing any of them again. And all three of those were losses. And again, arguably, they got outplayed by all three again, at least like pretty close, closer than you'd expect for like a top team against the non-playoff team. So I, I think you know, you're right. I think it's just a matchup thing. And, and Ottawa, I mean, Alex has been saying this forever. Shout out, Alex. Hope you're doing well, buddy. Um, they're a better team than their record indicates. And I've always agreed with him on that, even without Drake Batherson, who I've been ranting about for a while. Um, that kid's got such a heavy shot and I hope he you know, comes back the same player he was. Cause he's a lot of fun to watch, but, and this is another thing. The hurricanes are going to have to, these are all points I made in my article today, by the way. So if you've already read my article, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just like reiterating. And if you haven't, what the hell are you stuff doing? I've already said, <laughs> right. But the Hurricanes have the best record in the NHL. And with that, you're going to have a target on your back. So these young teams that have a lot of talent in their forward cores, they're going to have something to prove. And they're going to come out hot. And they're going to want to beat you. They're going to want to say, hey, we can play with anybody in this league. Look, we just beat the Hurricanes. So, or play with the Hurricanes. They can say that after the games they just had. Like, the kind of games all three of those teams just played could be confidence boosts for them. And they could go on a good run of hockey after this. Granted, there's an all-star break, so they're not going to play any hockey for about a week, but you get the point. I mean, you remember the the first game we played against Ottawa, we, we outplayed them. I mean, we were out right. shooting them by like double almost. Yeah. We dominated them that game in Los Angeles. It's just, we, we scored goals. two, they scored two own goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, one was off of Ian Cole. And I think the other was off of Slavin. And who the hell was starting for them that night? It was some goal. It wasn't even it was, Matt Murray. It was, it was Forsberg. Yeah. Was oh, Anton that's Forsberg. right. Okay. I knew it was something yeah. stupid. So, you know, the Canes, I mean, yeah, the, the New Jersey game was ugly. I remember the San Jose game being ugly, even though it feels like forever ago. The Vegas game was good, and then they nearly blew that lead. But, again, the team is so good that – this past four game win streak, I, I feel like, you know, the past three games we can chalk up to great goaltending, but the Vegas game was a whole team effort. Yeah. Well, as you said, I mean, it's a good time for the Hurricanes to get a break. Um, it sounds like Tara Vining was basically just given an extra day to like make sure he's getting back to 100%. 
um, or a couple extra couple of days uh, with the long break coming. Um, and I'm excited to see what happens in the second half. You know, they should be pretty much healthy, ready to roll once they, uh, the games kick back off. And I mean, hell, they're, <laughs> they got the best point percentage in the NHL. So obviously it's, you don't need me to say they're in a great position heading into the second half. Um, all right. Obviously something's working. Right. And, you know, we'll have trade deadline stuff and all that coming up. Uh, so we'll have plenty to talk about with what the Hurricanes are going to do, if anything. Um, so lots of fun stuff coming up around the corner for that. You know what's crazy? The trade deadline isn't until March 21st. It's only like we're sitting here like saying it's coming up, but it really isn't. Like, yeah, that's true. The NHL trade deadline isn't for almost two months. <laughs> And yeah, so, I, I guess know. that's true. But like at the All Star break, you always like start saying that because it's normally like a couple weeks, like two or three weeks after the All Star break. Yeah, this year's weird because the All Star break is happening at a normal time, but the trade deadline is pushed back it. almost two weeks. Yeah, more than that, it's pushed back almost a month. Usually, it's like last week of February. Right, and, and normally we're you know we use the All Star break. We still sometimes use it to like split the season into halves, but it's really not. Because normally you've already played like 50 games as opposed to, and some teams have, so maybe it's even more than that, like 53, 54 games. And now a lot of teams are, you know, where the Hurricanes are, like 42, I think. Yeah, it really is. Basically, yeah, we're at 42 games this year, which isn't much. I mean, we're just barely over the halfway point of the year. And And I think a lot of teams have played, I think the Hurricanes have played like the least amount of games in the league right now. you know, we've been talking about those games at hand for a long time, but it still is like more of an actual halfway point than it normally is. Yeah, definitely. Oh man, Brandon, it's been a year. I mean, we've gone through, you know, the playoffs last year. We, we finally got to see fans return to the building, uh, which was cool when we started this podcast. Then we had the, the the draft where the Canes nearly broke the record for having the most picks. And then we had free agency signing a player. And then we had the huge offer sheet. And here we are, 42 games into the Carolina Hurricanes 2021-2022 season. It's wild. Yeah. So Brandon mentioned this earlier. We are going to do something where you know, we highlight favorite moments from year one of the podcast and we'll eventually put them all into one big thing. So you can listen to it whenever, you know, remember some fun interviews or if you want, we can just do an entire episode of my intros and be a big <laughs> ego boost. And I'd appreciate it. Nah, no, but, uh, <laughs> you know, we've enjoyed this past year. And so Brandon, I don't know about you, but I feel like it might be a good idea to share some of our favorite moments from this past year. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I I would have to say my favorite episode of all time was episode 31. Oh, you're you bringing out the episode numbers. I was going to say, I don't <laughs> I know which one I that is. I have no idea what episode that was. No. <laughs> so I was just going to leave it there for a second and see how you replied. But you want to know what was special about episode 31? I was all by myself. <laughs> the loneliest episode <laughs> yeah. that's right i remember that one no i mean i'm just kidding um i i i listened to that episode not too long ago and i was like i sound so dorky by myself and it was it was hard like, it was harder than i expected it to be you know i just it was a quick episode we just wanted to get something out like and i think it's like in our contract that we're supposed to get something out every week and we have broken that which don't tell you know the hockey podcast network but like i, I was just sitting there by myself like I was thinking of like Colin Coward or like some of these different like radio personalities that like have their own to themselves. Right. And I'm like, I'm not those guys. It's just hard to talk to your, like by yourself, like just, you know, (laughs) talking into the microphone with nobody else to dispute your points or I don't know, maybe I made mistakes in that episode and, you know, I didn't have anybody there to correct me. There was no banter. So it was a very, it was a little weird, but I I did think that'd be a funny place to start and just say, oh yeah, my my favorite part was uh, when I was by myself and I didn't have to deal with you guys. Right. The one when neither (laughs) of us were here. Um, (laughs) So yeah, I I remember that episode because we, uh, I was in Florida um, and couldn't make it that week because just, you know, it was a vacation and I was going to treat it as such. But do you want to hear the honest truth? 
I have forgotten to listen to that episode. <laughs> and it's, it is nothing personal. <laughs> it's just that week, like, so we probably, I think we got back that like Saturday and I usually listen to the podcast, like on my commute to work and stuff. Right. And I guess in my mind, I was like, I had no idea, like it, I couldn't process that there was a podcast that week. So I just didn't listen to it. I just listened to music like, you know, a normal person would on a car ride. <laughs> and so that Wednesday I was ready to go. And I, by then I had completely forgotten that we recorded. Right. Like, I remember the struggle of like trying to coordinate that podcast like vividly, but <laughs> it was like after that, just head empty, nothing, no, no thoughts. Yeah. Well, in fairness, I don't remember the last time I actually listened to an episode after I posted it, so I think you're off the hook. In fairness, I listened to it like three times, basically, because I, I was going to say, yeah, you edit. <laughs> so I know what's in there. I lived it through, you know, when we're sitting here talking to each other. But then also when I, you know, tomorrow I'll spend my entire day trying to make this all cute and pretty with all my, you know, misspeaking and whatnot that I have to edit out. <laughs> um, uh I was actually going to say, um, one of my favorite episodes is the episode right before that, actually, when we had Stevie on for the second time, because the interview itself was great. I mean, anytime we've had him on here, he's he, always great. Yeah, he's been he's been awesome and funny and, you know, but when he gets Ryan Suzuki to come on <laughs> yeah. and roast his, uh, roast his cooking, like I, I, I've lived it. I, I saw it happen, you know, over the Zoom call. <laughs> And still listening back to it anytime I do, it makes me laugh. Yeah. Like it, it's one of those moments that I just love. Like, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, any interview any, we've had on here has been awesome. Right. And that's what I was going to say. Like, our, that's, you, you, we could easily just go through all of our guest appearances because it's always a lot of fun. Um, I was going to bring up the first time we had Stevie on, not really for anything specific that happened, just because I remember all of us like, <laughs> we were still very new at this you know stevie came right. on the first time i think it was like our sixth episode so what we've been doing it for like a month and a half like we were still very very new at this we were still trying to figure out what the hell we were doing really not that we know now but i, I just remember and yeah, yeah, it was a, i've always been a huge stevie lorenz fan so i i just remember being all excited you guys are giving me shit and <laughs> um I don't know. I just that sticks out to me as like one of the more enjoyable moments, and it was a big moment for us. You know, it kind of I wasn't us in a way. I wasn't giving you shit. I was hyped as hell too. Like I'm not gonna lie. Right. Like, you are really giving me shit. I'm. I mean, I. You know. He's playing it up for the camera, folks. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Fine. <laughs> so, no, but um, I remember that with with that episode, we um we were all really excited and like we didn't know how to act because like you know <laughs> for for one you know it's our first time interviewing an nhl player and up until recently it was our only time you know and like what do we say what do we do we were pre- like we were just kind of feeling the pressure and then all of a sudden he's just like the nicest dude ever yeah and i don't know that was always a fun one uh some of those early episodes man i can't <laughs> they're stand cringy listening. to go back and listen to bro <laughs> like... oh, i can't stand <laughs> listening to myself because i i used to like uh like click my teeth and yeah. i i still i still kind of do but it was awful back <laughs> when i used to do that and it's like i don't know how we we still have listeners after that because it was atrocious like i had to turn off some podcasts yeah, I mean, if you guys don't, if you guys think I'm being, you know, dishonest when I say I really appreciate you guys, that right there is why. Stuff with us. <laughs> through, some, through some real garbage. I like to think we do an okay job now, but. <laughs> and to the, to the person on Apple Podcast Reviews who called me insufferable, I hope you're having a nice day. <laughs> I wonder if he's still listening. I doubt it. I do find our, our Apple reviews kind of funny. They're all like five stars. I think we have like one or two, three stars. And then the rest of them are one star. And then there's that one guy. <laughs> it's either five or one. Like there's, you love yeah. us or you hate us. There's no in between. But you know what? That's a-okay. And <laughs> you know, I like my intros. intros. <laughs> well, here's, a, here's another one we could talk about a little. Um, I, I think we have mentioned it, you know, on the podcast. Um a couple of times, but the Bryce Montgomery interview. 
<laughs> that was the day I found I, I think you guys probably know this, but that was the day I found out I had COVID. And and usually I, I do a good deal of prep, you know, before a podcast, especially Montgomery. I knew about him, but I didn't know a lot about like, you know, the stories that Matt was going to try to, you know, bring out of him about the stuff he does in the community and all this stuff. So I wasn't like real familiar with all that. And normally I'll do a lot of reading that day and like talk to Matt and get prepared for it. But I got home like 10 minutes before he was scheduled to come on. So I get down and (laughs) me and Matt, you even discussed if I should, if he was just going to do it solo. And I was like, nah, nah, come on, I'll be fine. I'll just pretty much, you know, read off the script if you want to call it that. But man, I was, if I had left that unedited, you guys probably wouldn't be listening anymore. (laughs) And Bryce Montgomery probably thinks I'm an idiot. Let's just throw that out there too. (laughs) And like the thing, the thing about Bryce was like, he was like the nicest guy. He was super nice too. Yeah. Through the whole thing, you know, he he was (laughs) laughing with us and honestly, like, so I'm going to, I'm going to kind of call out Brandon here. <laughs> Whenever we have a guest on, he forgets how to speak. Oh, I do. I get my, my intros are always terrible. The, the first, the first go when we're on here, man, and anytime. anytime we have a guest, I guess I'm just excited a little. And I, 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 I start talking like that. Like yeah. I just, I'll just start. I, I'm trying to say a word that's four words in front of the word that I need to be on in that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, so, but it's good though. I was going to say it's good. Cause like, as soon as that happens, we all start like laughing. Our guest realizes that we don't take ourselves very seriously and they right. can like, you know, loosen up a bit too. Like you can notice with Jarvis, like when it was like pretty much right after the first couple uh, questions, you could tell that like we kept messing up our questions and, especially when alex um <laughs> didn't understand <laughs> we love the, that one, the, <laughs> the meme and like jar jar even jarvis was like come on you don't know that meme like oh. <laughs> he was yeah, he was basically giving him shit too right <laughs> it was it was so funny like i don't know I, I i enjoy that i appreciate all of our interviews have been funny and it like really, really good people uh i've been thankful for you know, just the fact that we've been able to kind of do what we have done and have fun with it. Right. You know, we're, we're not exactly making a lot of money doing this, you know, <laughs> like we don't do I, this because I do this for free. Still, I'm going right, to be honest. Exactly. It's, well, that's what it's I'm saying. Fun. Like we're doing this because we love to talk about hockey. We enjoy hanging out with each other and we love the hurricanes. I mean, I guess that's all there is to it. So Brandon, I, I have more questions about this past year. Okay. What has been your favorite interview? And if it's Stevie, pick one of the three. Oh God. And then I have follow-up questions. That's a really tough question. I feel like I can't not say Stevie. <laughs> um I I probably would say Stevie. And and I want to go with the first one. But I think that's probably more like nostalgia reasons than anything, or just like it was good, right? It was no, and definitely I still listen really to good. it, right? But like again, I mean, it's kind of what I said earlier. It's like just a, a legitimizing moment almost for us, where we kind of it was, it was a big step. Like you know, it allowed us a little bit of credibility to get more people on, um, and I don't know. It, it, I just remember it being a lot of fun, and I I remember how much how excited I was even after I was like, I'm excited to edit this and get it out. Like it was just a a really cool moment. So that one's probably up there. And Jarvis was awesome. Like Jarvis was definitely one of the most fun interviews as well. They've again, like we said, they've all been great. So it's really hard. (laughs) Like, I know that's, that's a tough thing is like, I think the, the second interview we had with Stevie was my favorite because I mean, at that point, it's just like four buddies talking. Right. And yeah. I don't yeah, know. That's like, what I was going to say earlier. Is he fit? He kind of fit right in. Like, like I loved it. And then the, talking, the Suzuki part. Basically. Exactly. Like, like, like we the do. Suzuki part I right. mentioned earlier is, I, I mean, that's a classic TTS pod moment. And if that's <laughs> not on the best of year one thing, I'm going to be kind of sad because. Of course it will be. Silly. I was going to say, it's probably one of our best moments. Um, for me, it's it's hard. Like, I really enjoyed the first interview with Eric Tolsky a lot. Yeah. I was going to bring that one the, up too. Just the insights he was able to provide were, I mean, the dude's smart and <laughs> we get to see how methodical the organization is. And like when Aaron Schwartz was on, it was the same way. I loved that interview too, because you could tell, you know, 
this organization cares at every level hockey ops, you know, the assistant GM and even like when we had Dan on um, to talk about the marketing side of things, like those insights were amazing as well. And it's like, we, I, I honestly feel like we haven't had a bad interview and I can't, you know, I can't, it's, it's hard for me to just pick one. All right. Um, I'm really hyped for next week's interview. Yeah. Uh, Scott Wheeler is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. So if you haven't heard already, I guess we should say we're having Scott Wheeler um, from the athletic to come on and kind of talk about his Canes prospect rankings. Uh, if you missed it, we're ranked ninth out of the NHL. Which is really but he impressive. did say he said in the intro, it's literally the deepest pool in the league. It just doesn't yeah. have now that Jarvis has graduated, there's really no elite prospect, and that's what we've been saying for a while. Like, yeah, and like so Jarvis... many players that like have legit NHL upside, but at this point, most of them are looking like second line ceilings. So yeah, and I mean, even if we had like the guys that he said graduated, or you know, Jesper Selgren's the only player that aged out, and even then he's still pretty young. Um, but Jake Bean and Morgan Geeky were both, you know, let go of this off season in various ways and they would have aged out too. And they were two top prospects in this system. So, you know, it, it took a hit. We moved down from fifth to fourth or fifth to ninth in his rankings. But I mean, Hey, you know, to be ninth in the league without having, you know, a true top talent and being a playoff contender since 2019, that's impressive. Right, they've been picking super late. Like these guys are graduating to the NHL. It's not like they busted or something, um, or got traded away. Either one. So it's not like the Hurricanes aren't really hurting for young talent right now with Seth Jarvis, Andre Svechnikov, Sebastian Ajo, and you know all these sub twenty five stars that are on the NHL roster. Like it's hard to be too upset about a ninth place ranking when most of the teams that are around have been picking first, fifth for you know five or six years now i'm excited for that one yeah gonna be a fun one for sure and we're gonna drag him for ranking nikishin solo ah <laughs> you know what though we will like, ask him russian, we're not gonna drag him about anything russian hockey's hard to watch I'll, I'll give him that sometimes i'm watching the khl and it's it makes me want to like claw my eyes out it's bad <laughs> but um so i mentioned that i had follow-up questions so I mean, you've kind of already answered it with the Bryce Montgomery moment, but like, I want to hear like your most embarrassing, like tracking the storm podcast moment. Oh man. I, I still think it's the first episode. Even, even the Montgomery thing was embarrassing, but every time I go back and listen to that first episode, I'm just like, it was rough. I feel like my voice sounds different. Like I was like trying to talk deeper or something. <laughs> I was like scared I was gonna sound on the mic and I was like trying to talk in like a real <laughs> yeah, right. serious voice, like real serious to make sure that like I sounded okay. No, I don't know. I don't know. So yeah, that was pretty embarrassing. I don't recommend you guys go back and listen to it. I'm sure at least a few of you will. Everybody is been dragging to. on it all, all night, but you know. Um, <laughs> you should probably stop drawing attention to it, but you know. For for me, there's been a few. Like there there's been a few episodes where I mean, there, there's somewhere you can tell that I wasn't listening to the prior conversation and I just kind of throw out an opinion on something that they've already <laughs> said. And it happened. Hey, that stuff out, don't I? Maybe not. I don't know. No, well, there was one that was like, that was kept in because I did still have something constructive to say, but we were talking about first line Martinook and I kind of like interjected once you guys were done. Um, yeah, I would check out of that conversation too. I'm tired of talking about it too. And there were a few times like it, it's it's subtle, but um, when my one cat was the only cat in here, he he would always try and play right as we started recording the podcast. So you can hear like him playing with like his little toys in the background. There sometimes you can hear him just barreling into our uh, our blinds in the back, and then. Um, there are some times where what he used to do, which was really annoying, was while we were recording and while I was talking, I'd have to record standing up because he kept trying to like attack my ankles. And so I'd be over here like dancing, trying to get him out of the way and they'd have no idea what I was doing, but I'd be moving around so much and I'd have to explain like, sorry, my cat's just being a jerk. So yeah, I'm sure Alex has an embarrassing moment too. Um, We'll give his his for him for not understanding the meme with Jarvis. Like, come on, man. 
No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I mean, we can sit here and probably talk about the last year all night long. There's been a lot of fun moments, and you are going to get to hear a lot of those very soon, um, which is why I'm going to try not to keep tonight too, too long so that I'm not editing for the next week of my life just in time to for us to record another episode for me to edit. But before we jump into anything else, let's take a minute and get a quick word from DraftKings. The moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at a $1 million top prize with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 21 and up minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full list of requirements and state specific responsible gaming sources. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee red line at 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text hope new York at 467-369. So we're going to move on now. We're going to bring back the segment from last week that I told you we were going to do on a weekly basis. And we are going to do our prospect of the week, which is an old segment that, you know, Matt's finally bringing back. So we will start right there. Matt, who you got for me this week? Uh, so this week, Scott Morrow played a very good game and was actually named the Hockey East Rookie of the Month for January. He had Pretty nine good, points man. in eight games. He absolutely owned UMass Lowell on his game-winning goal the other day, just weaving his way through an entire defense and collecting his own rebound. Just a beautiful goal. And it kind of showcases what I what kind of popped from him early on this year, where you know he can just take a puck in transition and it's like he can make the defense move away from him. It's it's so impressive. So Moro's my prospect of the week. I also considered Don Fensori because he also had a really strong uh, week last week with a really good defensive performance um, against Providence and then another strong game as well. So, I mean, oh, against UMass. So at the end of the day, Moro's the guy for this week. But, you know, I, I have been consistently impressed with Don Fensori this year. Yeah, Fensori's a lot of fun. Um, even Moro's biggest believers, man, I, I don't think they really could have expected what he's done this year for uh, UMass. I mean, he's not only been one of the best freshman defensemen in the country, he's probably just been one of the best defensemen in the country. I mean, in terms of creating offense, like not a lot, especially coming from high school hockey, not a lot step in and, you know, have done what he's done this year. Uh, and Scott Wheeler actually ranked him number one on his uh, Hurricanes prospect ranking. But, all right, moving on. We are now going to introduce our other new segment, and that is Tweet of the Week. Now, we've been talking about doing this one for a while. Um, Twitter is sometimes kind of difficult because it's so reliant on pictures, I feel like. Like, there's so many memes and gifts and stuff like that that go with them. So sometimes it's a little bit harder to do on just a, you know, audio podcast. But Matt has a good one for you this week. What you got, bro? So this one... It was from a couple days ago and it, it, it makes me laugh. Uh, it's the person or, you know, they're quoting a tweet. It says me sitting at home talking along to the sports commentators on TV. And somebody quoted it saying me listening to at TTS pod. Oh yeah. So I appreciate that. Not even just because it's us, but like, it, it's something I can like actually imagine because I sometimes comment on our own podcast episodes. <laughs> and so at M line, uh, lineback or lindback however you pronounce it i'm sorry if i butchered it like shout outs to you that was a really funny tweet it actually made me laugh like out loud um yeah i did too yeah so i i appreciated that and yeah thank you all right brandon i opened up the floodgates this week i have asked for fan trade proposals best or worst 
depending on how you look at it. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. So the first one we got is from Stuart A. Miller, which is Shane Gostisbehere for Dominic Bach, a 2022 second and a 2023 second. I'll let Um, that sink in for a bit. Okay. Um, I don't think Bach is worth anything, really. Maybe, I don't know. I just don't think he has that much trade value because he can barely crack, like, the AHL roster or the lineup. Um. I mean, maybe, maybe some team sees him and thinks that like, you know, all that raw talent is still there, but he's 22. Now you're kind of getting to the age where you want to start seeing some development, you know, at the pro level. Um, and it's just not really happening yet. And, and Scott, we were, you know, this is another guy he talked about a lot and he was like, he's just frustrates the hell out of me. And that's totally relatable for me. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I guess. I just I don't I don't care that much about Gossip Bear. Like I just maybe in this system he could be kind of fun because of all the speed and skill and he's you know a transition machine and has a lot of offense in his game, but I don't know. Yeah, like, and I, I he's I think a third Arizona, pairing defenseman, but you've already got Ian Cole on the left side for a third pairing defenseman. Yeah, I, I think this is one that you know. I think if it was just the two seconds, I would consider it. I still think, you know. That's still a lot of capital, though, dude. Like, it's, especially it's a when lot. you don't have a first this year. That's your top pick this year. Yeah, that's and that's the thing. It's, so a, you're it's trying a trade to that your top I consider. Pick this year. Yeah, I just, yeah. that's probably not one I'd do. I think it, it looks better than, you know, not doing anything. But I, I think the Canes look for somebody that's a little more stable in the defensive yeah. zone. Um, so the next one we have is, I don't know which Marty that is, Matt. So I'm going to skip yours. I'm sorry. If you say it, I'm sure we can figure it out. It's Marty in a second for Kubalik. I'm assuming he means Martin Oak, but that's gotta be Martin Oak. There's no way he's trading (laughs) nature's for Kubalik. You never know. (laughs) Yeah. This Um, was cap friendly. (laughs) That's true. Points equals good. Yeah. I like Kubelik. He's heavy, big guy. Yeah. Little offense. Again, I, like I feel him. like this is this is something where, you know, you're trading an NHL player and a second for a marginal upgrade. I don't think they do it. Yeah. That's my opinion. This one's interesting though from Sean Carroll. Jacob Chikrin for a 2023 first, a sixth and a third in this year's draft. Ryan Suzuki and Brendan Smith. Oh god. All right, Chikrin, first round pick, Ryan Suzuki, Brendan Smith, and a third this year, and a sixth. What's the sixth even there for? <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. I still think the Canes I need think, to add one piece. I think the Coyotes will want to, they'll get a better package than that eventually. So, yeah, I mean, the package that has been rumored is two former first round picks and a first. Right. Likely being Kravtsov. Um, Kako and a 2021 or 22 first. So, yeah, yeah I think exactly. if the so Kings that, that package get right offered, there, if that's what they're trying to get and maybe will get from the New York Rangers, yeah, they'll, they'll get a better offer than that. I'd probably do it if I was the Hurricanes. Yeah, I was going to say, do you do it if you're the Canes? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, yes. This one made me laugh. Uh, it's from Michael O'Neill. McJesus for Troach. Shay, a high-end prospect, a first and a second. And then he follows it up with, this is bad, but you only get the best. <laughs> I mean, you're about a Svechnikov and an Ajo short, but. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, that is Maybe just... not that much. I don't know, dude. And this was an interesting conversation I did see like happening recently. Did we, we might have even talked about this a little bit, is what an actual package for McDavid would look like. Um, it would be too much to make it worthwhile. Right, exactly. The only way Edmonton's going to do it is if you're literally crippling your franchise. Like, yeah, you're getting the most surefire, potentially the best player of all time in his prime under contract. Oh God, I mean that's just so for I like you know, look at what Buffalo got for Eichel, and that wasn't right. even like a healthy he Jack Eichel. Like he's, yeah. He's he's like it would be a lot more. David as is, you don't really know what you're getting. 
He wanted right. out, forced his way out. He wasn't going to play for them again. Like, yeah, I that mean, was heavily discounted. <laughs> I don't. I don't think Connor McDavid finishes his career as an Oiler. I don't either. But I will say that he's probably not going to get traded. It's he's going to leave in free agency, unless that franchise I mean, can turn it around. Got traded twice. That's true. So, All right. I mean, if even the Oilers can't be that incompetent, like they've got to know that he's pissed off. And if they don't start winning soon, which isn't going to happen at some point, they're going to have to pull the trigger. Yeah. At some point they're going to have to actually build an NHL team. Yeah. Well, all right. This next one is from Nick King. It's Ben Chirot for bear Suzuki in a second. This one's an immediate. No. Yeah. Who the hell is Ben Chirot? He's having, he's actually having, I know a really who he season. is. No, I'm saying like, you know, just objectively, like he's having a good season on a terrible Montreal team, but he's in a lot of trade rumors right now, like, which I I wouldn't trade Suzuki in a second for him, much less bear Suzuki in a second. Bear in a second, maybe. (laughs) No, second's a lot. I was going to say bear, he's a marginal upgrade, if at all, over bear. And the second round pick is actually like a decent pick, given how the Canes draft. So yeah, especially given how the Canes draft, considering you know, Aho, Koivinen, Scott Morrow, you know. I mean, you can even look at the guys they've drafted in the second round that haven't that aren't on the team right now, like Yanni Kokinen, yep, Alex Nedeljkovic. Uh, who's the other guy I'm thinking of? Etulo That was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. So that is all we have for the fan trade proposals this week. Did you have any others? Are you going to bring up any of these from uh, Cat Friendly? I didn't really like any of the Cat Friendly ones this week. And I am so bad. I, I feel bad. The The reasonable trade deadline one that we made, uh, the guy deleted his. <laughs> so he's the one we roasted last week. So I'm hoping he's not a listener. And if you are, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, well. Are you sure he deleted it? I feel like these kind of pour in. I've been checking like every day to see if there's like really good ones. And there haven't been many at all this week but especially uh just recently i think you know the you can only do so many you know chikrin klingberg trades before it starts to get kind of stale (laughs) right all right well i will bring this one up mostly because there are two people that i have like mocked for a lack of a better word to the hurricanes for a while josh manson and ricard raquel obviously from the anaheim ducks I didn't make this trade, just so you know. I would never include Stevie in a trade, but I'm just going to read this <laughs> off to you guys. For Steven Lorenz, Ethan Bear, and a 2023 first-round pick. Now, <laughs> that's really light. <laughs> um, I think both of those guys are UFAs, though. So it's basically you're trading two UFAs for two UFAs, although Bear might be a RFA. And a first. And a first, yeah. Yeah, um, but I think Barrett is an RFA, first of all. Second of all, I think they probably work out a deal with those guys if they're going to make that deal. I mean, yeah. Evie's a good fourth-liner. Bear is a good defenseman if the coach uses him. And a first-round pick is a first-round pick. And Anaheim, they're actually, they're in contention, aren't they? Hmm. Well, they're, they're, they're at least not out of it, and there's still half a season to play. That's the problem. Yeah, I was going to say they've cooled off significantly since that first hot streak, but um, I still wouldn't count them out given how kind of underwhelming the West the is. The Pacific's just not good. Yeah. Um, but I like the idea of, you know, Josh Manson on the third pairing and Ricard Raquel in the top nine somewhere. Sounds good to me. Yeah, I mean, I do too. It's just, you know, I don't know if that's what it's going to take for one (laughs) and i also have no idea if i would want that trade you know yeah so i mean i don't know it's we're still so far removed from this year's deadline that it feels like forever i mean you know something fun might happen but i think this is the year that the canes go all in to be honest with you yeah no that's what i've been saying for a while um 
the window is very much open for the right now and you have plenty of ammo needed to pull off something relatively big. So yeah. I'm mentioning oh, also, in my article um, for this week. <laughs> um, this is going to be the year that I think the Canes try and clear a little bit of room at the pipeline. Kind of like we saw at the 2020 trade deadline. You're going right. to see like a few of the bigger older names start to get moved to teams that you know have the space on their rosters right so it's going to be interesting that's going to be fun but i mean again we're still like i said almost two months away so i think it's i I just like doing these mock trade things i think it's hilarious some of the ones and like you know it's fun it's always fun seeing the people who aren't Canes fans doing the cap friendly ones because you can tell who opened up elite prospects and was like, cool, this person has a lot of points. <laughs> that means they're fair value. Jackson Blake for Connor McDavid. Exactly. Because <laughs> we all know 51 points at the USHL level is worth Connor McDavid. It's translatable. Exactly. PNHLE or whatever, right? Oh. Oh, Please yeah. do not put that on my timeline. Can I go on a rant about that? No, you need to get off right now. I'm going on a rant about it. PNHLE is a terrible stat because it only takes the sample of players that actually made it to the NHL, not the hundreds, if not thousands of players that do not make it to the NHL. Like it has Massimo Rizzo as a 70 point player. Like, do you know how many players get to 70 points per draft? It's like three. Maybe four. Yeah, it might be a little more than that. But I was going to say, it's not many. And usually it's not a seventh round pick. Like Rizzo's having a great year, and I I think he has NHL potential. But I'm joking if I think he has anywhere close to 70 points of potential. (laughs) So there are certain stats that are good. PNHLE is not one of them. Because points does not equal good. Thank you for your TED talk. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm stepping off of the soapbox because what I don't want is for people to get inflated like expectations. And when Massimo Rizzo comes to the league and, you know, becomes like a good third line player, you know, if that happens, like people are like, well, he was supposed to be a star. Like, no, he wasn't. <laughs> so anyways. Brandon. Yes. It has been a Matthew. wild year. Matthew. Right. It's been a wild year. Has been. It's been a lot of fun though. I've had a blast. I hope our listeners have had a blast as well. I I cannot thank you guys enough. Seriously, we really appreciate each and every single one of you tuning into the show every week. You know, just listening in, interacting with us, commenting. You know, it, it's all awesome. We we appreciate every single one of you. And like we've said since we started the podcast, we have done this now fifty times. This is episode season 50. two is coming up. Season two is coming up. It's going to be the same as season one. <laughs> season two, episode one in one week. But the first episode of season two is absolutely better than the first episode of season one. Yes. But as we've said 49 times before this, it's a great time to be a Carolina Hurricanes fan. <laughs> <laughs>